Welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students, a multi-part podcast series that gives college students the knowledge and tools to handle their financial situation during and after college. Your host for this program is Professor Frank Longo of Centenary University School of Professional Studies. Please note that before making any financial decisions, please seek sound financial advice from a financial professional. And now, here is your host, Professor Frank Longo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students. Thank you for joining us today. As stock market observers and investors, we often hear that the market is up or the market is down. It is sometimes called a sell-off, meaning stock prices went down substantially, or stock prices surged today, indicating that stock prices were higher. In recent days, market sell-offs have been followed by surging markets, often the very next day. These wide swings in stock prices, up and down, are called high volatility. Volatility is an important concept, but before we discuss it further, I'd like to explain how we know if the market is up or down. We use an index, which is a method of tracking performance. Actually, there are many indexes or indices. The three most popular or widely used indices are Dow Jones Industrial Average, also known as the Dow, the Standard & Poor's 500, also known as the S&P 500, and the NASDAQ. First, the Dow. It is the oldest and most widely used index. It tracks the stock prices of 30 large, dominant companies in their industries. Dow stocks include companies such as Apple, Intel, Walmart, Nike, Cisco, and 25 other well-known established companies. Another index is the S&P 500. This is an index, as the name implies, of 500 large companies whose stock is sold on U.S. exchanges. NASDAQ is an index of more than 2,500 companies whose stock is traded on NASDAQ exchanges. The NASDAQ includes many smaller companies. Nearly half of its components or technology companies, and consumer and healthcare companies. Many NASDAQ companies are smaller in size than the Dow and S&P companies. When you hear the market is up or down, it's normally based on the Dow. But these additional indices are commonly used, with the NASDAQ normally being used as an indicator of the performance of the technology industry. You could be wondering why the Dow, which tracks only 30 stocks, is more widely used than the S&P 500, which tracks 500 companies. Part of the reason is that so many investors own Dow component shares that it may be a better indicator than the smaller companies that are contained in the S&P 500. I'd like to emphasize that the Dow covers larger, older more mature companies. The S&P 500 covers a broader range of companies, usually younger, with significant growth prospects. And the NASDAQ, it's usually smaller companies that can be expected to grow. And as I said, it includes a large number of relatively new technology companies. I suggest paying attention to all of these indices. Back to volatility. 
it refers to changes in stock prices. High volatility means stock prices can change significantly up or down in a short period of time. With high volatility comes higher risk. Low volatility means less significant price changes, greater stock predictability, and less risk. As a reminder, when we take on more risk, we should expect greater gains. One additional point about volatility is that when prices surge, it's not necessarily the best time to buy. And when prices fall, probably not the time to sell, especially when it's significant. But those falling prices may create a buying opportunity. Investors should understand the risks they take on before investing in stock or any other investment. We have discussed in other shows the use of beta as a risk indicator. You may recall that beta compares a company's stock price change to an index over time. It uses historical data as a measure of risk. A beta of one indicates the investment has the same risk as the market. That stock is just as risky as, as the average stock traded on the market. A beta of two means the risk is twice the risk of the market. And less than one means it is less risky than the market. Don't forget, the greater the risk, the greater the reward that we expect. Beta is very useful information. I use it all the time, but there is a problem with it. And the problem is that many technology companies, electric vehicle manufacturers, gaming companies, and companies that are of interest to college students, and to me also, they are relatively new and they don't have a beta. They don't have the typical measure of risk. So how can you minimize risk in this situation? One way is to diversify. Spread your investments over a variety of companies. With the use of slices and buying partial shares, we discussed this in a prior show, diver diversification can be easily accomplished. Invest in the EV maker and a new and innovative tech company. I do, but also consider companies that have beta earnings and pay dividends. They tend to have less risk. In other shows, we discuss the measure of healthy companies that indicate worthy investments, and we will update that in detail in a future show. For now, look for revenue and increasing revenue. This is likely the best predictor of an increasing stock price. Ultimately, we want to see profits. But with a newer company, before you have profits, you should have revenue. And increasing revenue is a sign that the company will eventually have profits and then increasing profits. It is important for younger companies since they don't typically have profits yet. Look for breakthrough products that are innovative and will disrupt industries. This will lead to higher revenue, profits, and stock prices. For any investment, consider two rules of investing used by legendary investor and billionaire Warren Buffett. Rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget rule number one. There are no guarantees in investing, and even the best, including Warren Buffett, have been wrong and lost money. The point is to limit losses and to produce higher profits. To accomplish this, you can use a technique called a trailing stop. This is an order to sell stock 
if it falls to or below a specified amount. Let's consider an example. You buy stock in Centenary Corporation for $100 per share. At the time of purchase, you establish a 10% stop loss. You are literally stopping your loss at 10%. You refuse to lose more than 10%. If the price goes down in this example to $90 per share, you sell. This keeps you from losing more than 10%. Let's consider your actions if the price rises to, let's say, $120 per share. We reset the loss limit to 10% of the new stock high of $120. 10% of 120 is $12. Subtract the maximum tolerable loss of $12 from $120, and the new loss limit is $108. If the price of the stock goes down from $120 to $108, we will sell for $108 and lock in the profit of $8 per share. This keeps you from losing your profit if the price should continue to fall. The trailing stop is increased as the price rises, but it is never lowered. The typical trailing stop is anywhere from 8 to 12%, depending on the investor. And this technique is commonly used by the most successful investors. Now let's talk about a company I see as an interesting investment, and I will disclose to you now that I own shares of this company. The name is Curate Retail. Its symbol is Q-R-T-E-A. It was formerly known as Liberty Interactive. It owns Home Shopping Network and QVC, along with retailers Zulily, Ballard Design, Frontgate, Garnet Hill, and Grandin Road. It ranks number one in worldwide video commerce and is in the top 10 of e-commerce retailers in North America. It has channels in the UK, Italy, Ireland, Japan, Germany, Austria, as well as in the United States. For the past year, Q-Rate's revenue growth was 9.5%. It has a beta of 1.93, indicating it has almost twice the risk as the market. But remember, beta indicates risk and also reward. I'm hoping for twice the reward. It sells for about $13 per share and has a price earnings ratio of 7.33. Retailers as a group have price earnings ratio on average of 48. So Q-rate is considered very cheap when compared to peers. Curate retains 90% of its customers who average 27 purchases per year. It did well during the pandemic, and its outstanding retention rate bodes well for the future, as it can be expected to keep most of its new companies. Its trailing stock should be about $10 per share. This investment should be considered aggressive based on its beta, but the metrics we discussed previously indicate it is a good risk for aggressive investors. Thank you for joining us today. Until our next session, stay safe and healthy. You have been listening to Dollars and Cents for College Students with host Frank Longo. The opinions on this series are those of the host. Before making any financial decisions, be sure to consult with a financial professional such as a certified financial planner. For more information, visit cfp.net.